Um, I want to start with a lighthearted story. Is that cool? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Okay, cool. Some of you may have heard this before, but for one, it's always new. So Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson decide to go on a camping trip. After dinner and a bottle of wine, they lay down for the night to go to sleep. Some hours later, Holmes awoke and nudged his faithful friend. Watson, look up at the sky and tell me what you see. Watson replied, I see millions of stars. So what does that tell you? Watson pondered for a minute and he said, Astronomically, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and his creations are wondrous. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Holmes? And Holmes said, Watson, you idiot, someone has stolen our tent. That's a, that's a, Holmes and Watson, that's a funny story. But I think it reflects who we are sometimes, who we are sometimes. There's simple truth in this story, but we can complicate things. Amen? And as Christians, we can be the ones most guilty of complicating simple truth. So, I, And I put my hand up. I put my hand up too. Um, I'm guilty of doing that. But today I just want to bring a super, simple truth. Is that okay? Simple truth today. Last week, Jocelyn preached about breakthrough to the presence. And I just want to make mention that if you missed the word, check it out on YouTube. Um, because it's there. Uh, it's, and so it's the week prior to that, I believe. Um, great to recap on what, what if, you missed, if you missed the word or you just want to go over a few things. It's um, brilliant. So thank you for that. Just uh, who knows YouTube? We know YouTube, right? Yeah. LifePoint Church, Fieldy. Um, and she drew her word from Mark 14 when uh, Jesus was anointed. And I want to stay in Mark 14 today, but jump a few days later to the Garden of Gethsemane. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Mark 14, 32 to 36. And today I'm reading from the NIV version. Mark 14, 32 to 36. And it reads, 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Now going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if, it, that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but you will, but what you will. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Turn to your neighbor and share with them the title of the sermon this morning. Say, neighbor, oh neighbor, because he said yes. Wade, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We were, I guess you could say, <clears throat> we were the least Christian family I knew. But um, us kids, we sent on a bus every now and again on a Sunday to Sunday school. And I think that was because the, so the parents could do a few, uh, you know, get up to a few mischievous, mischievous things, cards, and parties and the like type of thing. So, uh, so yeah, we, we, I wasn't brought up in a Christian school. 
um, Christian home, but yeah, we had the Sunday school experience now and again. And and I guess, you know, we, we were encouraged at home. There was a bit of religion. We were encouraged to pray. Mum would yell out, you kids better clean up that mess. I pray I don't come in there soon. You better keep down that noise. You better pray I don't come in there. So, you know, we were encouraged to pray. Um, but no, we, we didn't grow up in a Christian home, but um, there were experiences that I had as a child that no child should experience. And, um, yeah, it, it was rough. It was rough. And uh, eventually I succumbed to some of the influences that uh, that I experienced in, in my environment. I started smoking when I was nine years old, hence my stunted growth. And I started doing drugs at the age of 11. And I remember, um, <clears throat> I remember coming home one day in my early teens and uh, as I came through the front door, my mother yells out. And you know, you parents, you give us middle names for a reason, right? So whenever you hear that middle name, you know you're in trouble. So, um, and we have a we have a bit of a uh, we have a system in our household that when you're called into the lounge, everything is it's it's not too bad. But when you're called to the kitchen table, oh, you're in serious trouble. You're in serious trouble. So I got the name, the middle name, coming to the kitchen. Sat down, and my mum and our family. My mum's the enforcer. She doesn't mind, you know, people knowing that because we got a big, wider family, and a lot of my cousins would come to us for um, how do we say corrective training. Um, by my mum, and some of you are laughing because you do that to your family, don't you? Yeah. And um, so I was sat down at the table, and my mother said to me, "We know you're doing drugs. This is my early teens. We know you're doing drugs." And my father looks at and mum looks at my dad because my dad's passive. Looks at my father, and my, my my dad's just sitting there. And he looks at me and he says the words I never heard him say before. And he said, "I love you, son." And he stood up and he left the table, leaving my mother there reeling. She just wanted to jump across the table, but she got up and followed him as well. And from that day to this, I never touched drugs again. Those words had such a profound effect on me. I love you, son. That um, that's what happened. Um, you know, hindsight being what it is, I look back and I see God trying to get my attention. But uh, it wouldn't be until I started working at a government job that He took things to another level. Um, God sent a woman by the name of Hannah into my life as a work colleague. Now uh, we got on right from the outset, and I, and I knew there was something different about this woman. Um, we became good friends and she started calling me Brother Pete. Later I would come to learn that she was being prophetic. If she would call me Brother Pete, I would call her Sister Hannah. And suddenly one day, she invited me to her church for a fundraising event. You know, and I thought, man, I knew it. I knew there was something strange about this woman, but I just couldn't put my finger on her, right? But you know, wait, it was too late. She was my good friend. It's hard to, you know how hard it is to say no to a good friend? You know? So I went Went to these fundraising events. They had hangi. They had hangi for fundraisers. You know, they, they, they had the productions and they'd hire out a movie theater and they'd do concerts and all this type of stuff. They were a very proactive church in that regard. And uh, so, you know, I went to these things. I, I met a lot of, lot of people as well, but I always, in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, if anyone ever mentions God or Jesus, I ain't coming back ever. I'm not. 
Because, you know, I didn't want to be sold into this Christianity thing. For me, it was like watching an Amway presentation and we're coming to the end, someone's going to come up and say, well, what do you think? Let's get started. What are you waiting for? I didn't want that, you know. And uh, so, you know, I, I was resistant to, to God. But the resistance, I guess, coming to Jesus, to be honest, I was afraid of what I might have to give up. You know, I like the smoke. I like the drinking. I love the swearing. I had a PhD in swearing. And life was awesome. I thought. So yeah, I continued my life and life was good. A few years got went past. Got married, had two beautiful children. Life was awesome. Life was good. And then it wasn't. The dream was over. My marriage broke up. Uh, we separated. I was separated from my children. It was horrible. I couldn't work. I quit my job. Um, I moved through the rage, the anger, the hurt. I spiraled into depression, anxiety, and self-pity. And uh, I had to take medication for that too. Um, yeah, and it eventually drove me to a place of suicide. So on that given day, the 7th of March, 2010, I said goodbye to my family, hopped into my car, and started driving to a place to end my life. Because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want my family to be the ones to find me dead. So as I'm driving, all I'm thinking about is wanting the wanting the pain to stop. Just overwhelmed with pain all the time. And as I'm driving along, uh, along I, I notice a sign just out of my peripheral, and and it was a church sign outside the Tauranga Boys College, the place where I, I would previously have come to for a number of fundraising events yeah, with, with, with with Hannah, my sister Hannah. And um, people talk about out-of-body experiences. I had one of those then. Because I felt myself looking at myself, the car having turned itself around and stopping outside this church. Oh, the boys' college where we had church. So you know, and I walked in and there were familiar faces and I was, I was crying. And one of the gentlemen that I had met in previous years saw me and just took me by the hand and led me up into the auditorium. And, um, yeah, I knew that on my countenance, all it said was, I need help. Um, so he took me into the auditorium and he sat me right at the back, just inside the door. It was dark and you couldn't see this woman whispered something in, into her ear. And then I'm listening to the sermon. I can tell you what the sermon almost verbatim was about. It was about Zion. <clears throat> and it, um, I didn't know, I didn't. I didn't know what they were talking about. You know, this is really new to me, this church thing. But you know, I wasn't really thinking about all that stuff. I just wanted the pain to stop. And I'm listening to this the sermon, and and I had no thoughts about what I had to give up at that point. Now, all I was thinking about was I've got nothing to give. I'm empty. And at that point, I heard those words again. I love you, son. And it wasn't for my biological father. But as clear as you hear me now, it's as clear as I heard those words that day from God. I love you, son. So when the altar call came up, my hand went up. And I'm crying. I mean, ugly crying. You know, ugly crying? You know, uh, I won't describe it because lunch is soon. But ugly crying. My hand went up. I gave my, my heart to the Lord that day. 
And, you know, later I'd learn that I did die that day. Because anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has, and the new has. There's some Bible readers in the house. Amen. So when the lights of the auditorium came up and I I looked beside me at this woman, because I was conscious that I looked like a mess, she looked at me and she said, Pete. And then she introduced herself to me and reminded me that I had helped her when I worked for the government on a particular matter that really helped her out. And I couldn't remember the word before. But I was so glad that, uh, that we had that experience together. And then she said, you're here to see Hannah. See, I, I never said a word. But you're here to see Hannah. She took me She took me by the hand, led me down, and I saw Sister Hannah. She looked, took one look at me. She said, man, things must have hit rock bottom, all right, Pete, because you said you'd never step foot in the church until, you know, you hit rock bottom. And I just stood there shaking my head. And then, um, yeah, then from there, my journey with the Lord really started. And, um, you know, I, 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 I was so hungry for the, for the, for the Lord. Um, you know, I went, we had prayer meetings in, in, uh, on, on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. I would go with Trevor's son to a prayer meeting at half past five in the morning. I'd, I'd wait outside Trevor's son's house to catch a ride to, to a prayer meeting on a, on a 5.30 morning. On a Tuesday, on a Wednesday night, they had the women's group. I tried to get in there. I was told I was out of order. On Thursday night, I went to the, um, uh, on Thursday, unfortunately, I had one on Thursday morning in Popmore, so I went to that one in the morning and uh, put my hand up, asked if I were permission to go to the worship team's uh, practices on Thursday afternoon because they, or Thursday evening, because before practice they had uh, devotionals and stuff too. I just wanted to, I really wanted to ingest this, this thing called God, this person called God, this thing called Christianity, what it all meant, because I was empty, I was so empty for it all. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say that that um, from the day I gave my life to the Lord, my heart to the Lord, uh, since then, it's all been roses. No way. Some of the worst things that's ever happened to me in my life have happened after I gave my heart to the Lord. So what's this about? This is crazy. I thought you meant to be and make everything all good. No, what he did was made me good enough to survive the stuff I needed to go through. And you know, hey, I'm a work in progress. I'm still journeying. I'm still journeying. But, um, you know, there's no place I'd rather be. There's no one that I would rather be, rather be walking beside than give my heart to the Lord. So I said yes, yes to God's will. That's to be in relationship with Him. That's a simple truth. I came to know God more because a woman named Hannah said yes. Her testimony is hers to share. You know, I noticed the sign outside the church because of a young man named Andrew on that Sunday morning that I saw that church, oh, that's that sign outside the church. Andrew wasn't going to come to church that day. But God prompted him. He needed to get, get to church. So he gets to church and he gets to church late. The service is almost about to start. Now Andrew's on the setup team. His job is to put out the sign. He ain't going to put out the sign. Service is on almost start. Whoever's coming's already here. God prompts him, put the sign out. He puts the sign out. I see it. I come in. 
Because Andrew said yes. Because Andrew said yes. Please don't ever take for granted what you do. Don't ever take for granted what you do. Out there, and in here, wherever you serve, at the back, in the front, serve with excellence. Serve with excellence. You know, I love, you look at your newsletter, there's no perfect people here. That's great. Not, not looking for perfection. But we give our excellence. Okay? We give our all to God. And wherever we serve, even out there, whatever we do, our actions, our behavior. A host at the door greets, a host at the door greets you, right? In a particular way. Makes you feel welcome. You give yourself to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord because of that interaction. Someone found God attractive because of the way that you helped them out in something. You know, going through some stuff. You found God because they said yes to helping you. Because of your yes, your children will know God. All those who are in your sphere of influence. And prayerfully, their children will know God as well. Because you know, because of your yes. And you might think, well, who, who am I? I'm just me. What difference could I possibly make? I'll tell you a story of a group of college students in the 50s. Some of you are of that vintage. And before, a group of college students in the 50s, they went to visit the home of John Wesley. Part of their course is that they would visit um, spiritually or historical um, places as part of their course. And uh, this was the rectory of, of um, uh, John Wesley, uh, his home, founder of the Methodist Church. They noticed that there were indentations on the floor of his room. Uh, we had we had knelt to pray each day, and I mean he'd pray for hours, according to accounts, praying for revival for the body of Christ day after day. So much pray, praying, permanent indentations would be in the carpet. We're in the carpet. That's a lot of praying. I mean, that's a lot of praying. After the tour, the class the class loaded <coughs> on their bus. When the teacher counted, there was one missing. He went back through the property looking for the student and found him kneeling in the, in the imprints of their carpet saying, do it again, Lord, do it again. The teacher quietly walked up, tapped the student on the shoulder and Billy Graham stood, rose, went downstairs and joined the rest of the students on the bus. One man. Individual. The beautiful thing about being an individual that you cannot be separated. You are unique and special. We know labels that can be placed on us. Jocelyn spoke of some a few weeks back. Mentioned about being too ugly, your eyes too close together, too far apart, too white, too black. You know, I've been on the receiving end of that. Both things. Too white. I was born, when I was born, they nicknamed me Honky. Yeah, and some of you are looking, hey, yeah, I was I was white as a sheep. Sandy, sand, sandy blonde hair. I was. People, people, yes, I was. Yeah. And, and people would ask my parents, who's, who's the party again? Who the belong to the milkman? No, these are the jokes that would hit. And I would grow up. My cousins would call me honky all the time. Half cousins. You know, they, they call me those names. And you know when I knew it changed? is when I'm walking down the street as I'm older. And I, I, I'm going to, you know, colors are beautiful things. But there are European women, elderly women coming past me. When I knew that I had changed color, when she looked at me, she held it back tight. 
yeah. And I thought, hmm. And then the Maoris would say, oh, kia ora, morena. I'd say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we must be getting darker. But I've been on the side of those things too. But, you know, it's, you never, mind, never mind those labels. Those labels, they mean nothing. Because God, Jesus says I was to die for. And so are you. So are you. You carry the DNA of God the Father. Amen? The Bible account of the man asking Jesus whether they should pay taxes to Caesar. Do you know the story? Yeah? And Jesus asking, whose face was engraved on the coin? And when he said Caesar's, Jesus said, well, render unto Caesar's that which belongs to Caesar, and give to God which is God. You know what they should have did? They should have asked Jesus, well, what belongs to God? Jesus referred to the image of Caesar on the coin, so give it to Caesar and to God. What belongs to God? Had they asked Jesus what belongs to God, Jesus might have said, whose image is on you? So we're able to be in a relationship with him because Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, even though he prayed three times for to be delivered from his assignment, he said yes. That's what this word is about, yes. Because he said yes to it being his father's will and not his own. I'm here because of many people prior to me have said yes. You're sitting in that seat because people have said yes. And they're probably coming to your mind now. God is looking for a heart that's available and willing. You know, you don't need to have all your stuff together to help someone come to Christ. All it takes is a yes. Hello. Because he said yes, we can say yes. You know, and like Jesus, you know, he goes through some stuff. And that's what I love about this account in Gethsemane. Here we have Jesus, our Lord and Savior, feeling sorrowful. Sorrowful so much so to the point of death. See, that's a God I can relate to. Not one who's always walking around on water, healing people and stuff. But someone who I can relate to has gone through things gone through stuff that I can relate to. Gone through pain. I mean, this is before the crucifixion. And something that really gives me a wake-up call when I start to think erroneous thoughts about our Savior and how he may or may not have suffered. I watched the Passion of Christ. I mean, that's explicit. It's graphic. But it reminds me. It brings me back helps me appreciate just what he done. So even feeling like that, Jesus, feeling like that, he still said yes. Three times I want this assignment. But he said yes. You know, times we give up, we want to give up. Sometimes it requires us to say yes again and again and again. Hello? Don't give up. Sometimes it's hard. And I want to share with you a poem from any J. Flint. And, it, and it's entitled, He Giveth More Grace. Since He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater, He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, He addeth His mercy. To multiplies trials, multiplied trials, He's, His multiplied grace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done, 
When we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's forgiving has only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting, availing the Father both thee and thy load will upbear. His love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Somewhere, someone has your name on their heart as part of their testimony. Because you said yes to God's will for your life. And I know this to be true. Why? Because I know you sit there with someone's name or face on your heart. On your heart and your mind. So as you contemplate those people, as well as our Lord and Saviour, because of his yes, I just want us to look at a video, watch a video, and just just think on that while we're watching this. Amen? I dreamed I went to heaven And you were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard the angels singing Someone called your name We turned and saw this young man He was smiling as he came And he said Friend, you may not know me now Then he said, but wait You used to teach my son at school When I was only eight Every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart Thank you for giving to the Lord I am alive that was changed Then another man stood before you He said, remember the time A missionary came to your church His pictures made you cry You didn't have much money But you gave it anyway Jesus took the gift you gave that's why I'm here today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am alive that was changed. Thank you for giving to
somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made, noticed here on earth, in heaven now proclaim. Listen, I know up in heaven not supposed to cry but I am almost sure I saw tears in your eyes when Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord he said my child look around you for great is your reward I just want to say thank you, Father. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for being someone's sister, Hannah. Thank you for being someone's aunt. Thank you for the lives that you've touched along the way. Because you've said yes. And because of your yes, many more lives will be touched and added into the kingdom. 
So I just want to invite you to come and take communion. And as you come up, continue to ponder the power of your yes today. The power of his yes yesterday. And what he did for us. So please, come as I pray to to just um, to wrap up the word. Father God, I thank you for uh, how wonderful it will be to see you face to face. Thank you for your yes, Lord. Thank you for your yes that allows us to see this. Thank you that you said yes, Lord. Reconcile us to God the Father. We remember you in our taking of the communion. And we remember those in our lives that have touched us because of their yes. We have come to know you, love you, worship you, and bless your whole name. Lord, when we feel tired, give us the strength to continue on, to remember that you giveth, giveth, and giveth again. And if there's anyone here, Lord, that is running in the opposite direction from where you want them to be, stop them with your loving hand. Turn them around and bring them back to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.